devil just won't leave you alone And the voice in your head says choose Well man, then you've got something to lose
Welcome to episode number 48. It's Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Mike. Yes, hi. Hello. You're, you're back. It's great to have you back. Thanks. It's good to be home. You should have heard what this show was like without you. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed it. Oh, lordy. I wish I, yeah. You have. You still haven't sent it to me. I don't know if it's because you're afraid or what. But It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be my day the clown cried. I'm going to keep the flash drive with the show on the in a briefcase uh-huh it, it, it won't need a briefcase it's a little bitty flash drive with the show but i'm gonna carry around a briefcase chained to me at all times with that show that will it. never be heard that's good um i've been watching the righteous gemstones on uh, home box office oh, okay i haven't seen that yet it's pretty good but there's a there's a hard drive in it that is uh, the crux of oh, okay. the story um i don't know just thought of that because you're talking about yeah. a hard drive but I think it's interesting to think about the digital age, you know? It's like maybe you got the hard drive that has a copy of whatever you want on it, but is that the only copy? Hard oh, to know. Yeah. It's very stressful to think about. Just people, you know, taping the radio show from the, ra- the radio yeah. with their tape player. Yeah. You know? Does anything go away in the digital age? I don't know. I mean, sure it does, but... Or does anything stay? Like we were talking yeah. about with commercials. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Jared and I were watching... What were we watching? Oh, we were at work watching television yesterday. In the break room. <laughs> and uh, some authorized. weird commercials came on TV, and we were just wondering if there's anyone out there cataloging current TV commercials, because they're extra weird right now. Yeah. Mike, I hate to cut you off there. Oh, no problem. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, last song we just heard was by Josh Autumn. Oh. Good timing. He what, has what with the season changing and all. Exactly. You know, his first album is called Like the Season. Funny. His name is spelled O T T U M. But it's pronounced like the season. Yeah. Anyway. That's good. That's from his new album, California Scenario. Good news. He is gonna call into the show and talk to us about that new record. He's agreed to our terms and conditions. He's agreed. Um I told him no big swears, please. <laughs> Uh, and he's agreed to that. Okay, His good. Legal team has agreed to that. Uh huh. And uh, let's see if I can get him on the phone. Let's see if this technology works. I think everything's set up correctly. It may not be, and this could be a real. This could we could really be showing our hand here in terms of. Uh, I hear I hear it ringing. Well, that's good. So far, so good. Is the bed music too loud for? It, it might be too loud. Well, we'll see. Well, no, he no, can't. Well, now it's it. too low. He can't hear it. Hello. This Hello. Is Josh. Is this Josh? This is Josh Autumn. You're live on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. You're the lucky first caller. Hey, thanks for being (laughs) on the show. Uh, First time caller, long time listener. Great. (laughs) Hey, you know, we've uh, communicated before, you and I, but we've never actually talked before, so it's nice to talk to you on the phone. I like hearing your voice. It's good to hear your voice, Jared. You too. this is my best friend Mike here on the on the in the and not on the line. He is on the line to you. He's in person with me. He's in the studio. Uh, this is Mike Adams. Hi, Josh. Thanks for talking to us. Mike, thanks for having me. We uh, have actually spun your music in our house, and my my three year old loves uh, your uh, Christmas. Did you do a Christmas cover? Oh yeah, yeah. He's a fan of oh, the cover, great. the visual cover, and the sonic. Cover, that visual yeah. cover was by a guy called Jeff T. Owens, who's just fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Can you hear us okay, Josh? We're worried about our technology at the moment. 
I'm okay. I'm okay on my end. Hopefully you can okay, cool. hear me all right. Then I think everything's working is, fine. Is, is the bed music too loud or too soft? He can't hear it at all. He can't hear it at all. Never yeah. mind. It's way <laughs> too soft. Way <laughs> too soft. Okay. Hey, so uh, you're out in California. I am. I'm currently um, stationed at work in Bakersfield, California, home yeah. of... Uh, Oh, lots of stuff. I could, I, Merle we Haggard. could talk. Owens, Merle Haggard. The body of Bucko. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, those are the first things that come to mind. Also oil spills and okay. um, air pollution. So, you know, it's a combo. It's a killer combo. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you say work, what kind of, what kind of work are you doing out there? Can you tell the, tell the listeners what you do, uh, what you do each yes. day? Yes. Yes. I am a professor of commercial music, if you can believe it. And so I teach at um, Bakersfield College, which is a, community college here and i run a a commercial music program which means i teach classes in um synthesizers and songwriting and recording uh, music business and stuff like that so it's super fun josh you may not believe this but right before we got you on the phone jared very rudely interrupted (laughs) my uh pontificating about commercials uh right before we called to talk to you he's not saying he teaches commercial music i know that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying there's music I, in them. Yeah. I wish I did. I wish I taught 80s jingles. Yeah. That's, that's a lowly attended class that yeah. I don't know who's going to pay for that. I would be. It would be an audience of you guys. Maybe you guys could take the class. I'd love to. End. Josh, what's your favorite McDonald's uh, um, jingle Slogan? that um, is like, you know, that series like Hard Nosed Mrs. Hatcher? Yeah. Do you, yeah, have, a, do you yeah. have a favorite of those? Oh my gosh! Uh, well, what was the one? It's it's not coming to mind right now, but it was the list, right? It was kind of that jingle back in the day where they would list your order really fast. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like Big Mac, quarter pounder, da 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 da. Oh yeah, I think that I was guess. that was also on that uh, that record, the game, the the uh, the sweepstakes uh, flexi disc. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm that, looking that at was this. the menu. Yeah. I'm looking at this stuff right now. Big Mac, filet of fish, quarter pounder, French fries, icy Coke, thick shake, Sundays, and apple pie. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It, even you just reading that list, I can. It's already a tune. You know, I can yeah. already hear yeah. it flowing. That's it's nice. It's uh, legitimate '80s rap. Is what it was. <laughs> so, which I'm sorry, which school do you, do you say you're teaching at? I teach at Bakersfield College. So there's two uh, institutions of higher education in Bakersfield, California. One is the Cal State University and one is a two-year community college. So I'm at the community college and um, I didn't start this job as like a an advocate for uh, community college necessarily or anything like this, but I actually, it's, it's a really great place and it's like affordable and it, I do a certificate so, so students can come and like take these excellent classes where they learn about microphones and and all these things and they can do it all in a year and it's cheap and awesome so i i'm I'm like a fan of the mission as well yeah that sounds great it's very cool i wish i had it when i was in high school yeah it sounds totally like uh almost like a trade trade uh, it is yeah yeah it gets it gets kind of uh advertised as a trade program but like little do they know it's it's sort of like artsy trades you know so i'm getting very artsy in my classes but we're still being tradey we're artsy and tradey really (laughs) that's good are you from california i am yeah i grew up in um mainly in a little spot called elfin forest 
uh, which is not known to the wider world. It was actually true that the the first people we met there were surprisingly short, and they brought us like a little <laughs> cinnamon apple pie when we moved in, and it was <laughs> it was truly magical. Um, we had five acres and like a pony and a little goat. Oh, and wow. I would goat wrestle before school in the morning, and it was it was awesome. That's where I learned also about. I, I guess my family had a bigger collection of new age music back in the day, or Wyndham Hill type stuff. Oh, sure. So that my my memories of of that music and the Elfin Forest are kind of intertwined forever, and it was a good childhood. That's yeah. funny. That I this is m- the way my brain works, but uh, that led me to thinking about two Bloomington related things, which is where Jared and I are right now. Um, mm-hmm. One is that uh, they recently canceled the uh, hog wrestling at the county fair. Why um, would they do that? Too many accidents, or uh, you know, I so I work for a TV station, an access TV station here in town, mm-hmm. and we covered it a couple of years in a row. And I think maybe that our programming, um, <laughs> uh, documenting the event, might have had something to do with it. Uh, oh, just, just that it was being, just uh, in, inhum- inhumane to the animals. It's I a think little, is the reason, right? Yeah, it's a little severe. It sounds like oh. the, the creatures are not having a great time. Uh, okay, it's the sound of hog wrestling that I, really. I actually think that the sound might be one of the one of the harshest things about it. Yeah, I don't like the sound of squealing pigs. No, I don't know if not, anyone. It's does. not pleasant. Yeah. No. Uh, the other well, thing is yeah. that. Uh, I just last weekend I was brushing elbows with a Wyndham Hill artist who lives here in uh, in Bloomington, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Really? So, yeah, Malcolm Douglas. You know that name? Malcolm Douglas. Douglas. That wow. He He's... was in a group called Metamora. If you know that. Oh, I do. Yeah, he has a, he has a track on the Wyndham Hill uh, Christmas album, or at least one of them. Yeah, Malcolm Douglas and Gray Larson as well. We're both in Metamora, and they live here in Bloomington. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I I would like to uh, do a deeper dive on who the closest Wyndham Hill artist is that lives to. <laughs> yeah, to make a get a map and put a little, uh, yeah. little uh, a Wyndham Hill there. artist map would be an amazing. And like put a little little tracking devices in all of them so you can follow them around. Yeah, just move. implant it. Next time you see Malcolm, just put that little microchip yeah. in his arm, yeah, just real real bad. quick. Yeah. Um, so here's another tangent, but um, Malcolm Douglas does a annual show here in town called uh, Love Songs for a Lasting World. And cool. Jesse Eisenberg, you know him? Hollywood yeah. actor. He attended it recently, that show, and said wow. it's the most entertained he's ever been. <laughs> I need to go to this. I've never been to this. It's is a, it a new agey celebration, sort of? Or? It is uh, somewhere between musical theater and uh, new age expression. Um, yeah. It is very entertaining. It's it's outside my realm of uh, expertise, <laughs> so to speak. So I'm always uh, just sort of uh, gawking at it, even though I'm yeah. having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. quite a, it's quite a show. Yeah, that's great. Well, New Age has a long history of of being entertaining to people. Uh, in in on it and outside of it, right? You can yeah. it's, it's this type of thing that can kind of draw people in for multiple reasons. But I guess we're hitting an age where the wellness industry. I was just reading an article about this, like the wellness industry connects to new age music. So there's so many so many like Spotify chill playlists oh, now. You sure. know that 
that's basically new age music, but they've packaged it so it doesn't feel like cultish or cheesy, but everyone's truly being lulled into joining a cult without knowing it. <laughs> it's happening. Guys, how do you guys, Jared, I know you're a fan of this stuff. Josh, I, I'm making assumptions about yeah. you. Uh, yeah. But you're how, right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> how do you guys feel like uh, the like ambient music tradition, Brian Eno, that kind of thing, even, yeah. even like some of the kraut stuff? in that realm cluster and whatnot tangerine dream how does that stuff blend into the new age thing and where does that break down do you think because i because when you're talking about those playlists spotify and youtube playlists i feel like a lot of that stuff could contain both of those things and no one would even bat an eye yeah jared Jared, what are your what are your thoughts on this on my specific playlists uh i wouldn't put brian eno and like frippin' Eno stuff in with my new age playlist. Sure. I think I have it categorized like based on like the intent of the new age music being made. Ah. Like if they're like a new age oh. a new age person. Cool. Uh rather than like stuff that happens to like I mean, both of you guys probably crap out stuff that sounds kinda <laughs> new agey, you know? And uh, Right, right, right. You know, everybody does. But yeah. So, that's just me so personally. Intent- Intent has a lot to do with it. So if it's like music for healing, that's right. going to stay. But what about music for airports? Like that's got an intent. Yeah, that's true. But it's a different intent. I guess, yeah, I, I guess I'm similar. I mean, it's it's so funny. Like the backstory, the extra musical material, as we would call it, like yeah. is so important to the way we consume music. Because you're right. If those if those two types of ambient background type music are put on a on a playlist a lot of people would not notice the difference or whatever but one can be super tied to like spiritualism and other things could be ultra intellectual tape music experiments and they might both come across sonically similar but well that we even have two words for it that we have the new age category and the ambient category yeah exactly telling i think it is, yeah. And I think the ambient thing is self-consciously, like it feels like it's sort of saying, hey, here's a place for functional sort of background, slow-moving sounds that is is not particularly spiritual or prescriptive. It's stripped of maybe some of the pretense of like, yeah, yeah. like like providing again, more all... than just atmosphere. Yeah, but then that's all just like, based on album artwork and copy and, and like <laughs> right. mar- marketing campaigns. When you get, when you just talk about sound, it can often just sound the same, right? Yeah, totally. It's all about you ushering know. this new age of, uh, new age of, uh, of, uh, earth, new age of earth. Yeah. It's all, have you, have you heard that really album? New, new age, age of, of earth, earth by Ashra. By, uh, yes. Ashra. That's yes. A good album. I don't know that one. Ashra, uh, Ma- Manuel got, Oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ashra, Early. Well, yeah. Early German kind of kraut new age vibes, right? Yeah. Great album cover. I think that's why I got it originally. It's uh it's like the album cover, which is why it's I get why, why why I check out a lot of things just the album cover. It's like, but Yeah, it's like a monolith standing in an industrial wasteland with like yeah. sunshine on top or something. It's that's the one. Good. Yeah. yeah. I think the only record I know of his is the one that's like the tan and brown checkerboard. Oh yeah, solo album. Eat uh, R2D2. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> R2D2. We all love that one. <laughs> no, um E2E4? Yes, there you go. That's the one. Josh, hey, we just uh, listened to one of your new tunes before we came in to the show. Oh, here. Can you guess which one we played? Uh, digital photo. 
Wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Which I, I felt bad for not doing that because I figured that's the one you probably wanted us to play because that was that's the the, uh, that's the one the that automatically yep. plays on yeah, uh, Bandcamp and it's the hit sweeping the nation. But yeah. no, we uh, we played Keep Up Your Guard. Oh yeah, that's kind yeah. of a sprawling. Yeah. Uh, that's a sprawling track. Yeah. Uh, we're I'm gonna play some more that. some more from the record here in a bit, but uh, yeah, it's a great album. I like it a lot. Congratulations on its release. It came out about a month or has it been more than... I think it's around exactly a month. Yeah, yeah I think it came out September 10th. And um, we at the HQ are real happy with the results of it. <laughs> 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 HQ is me. <laughs> uh, now, is this, this one you uh, self-released? Is that correct? Yeah, it's self-released and it's, yeah, it's available on all sort of streaming platforms it's kind of got an interesting backstory which is just that i started making it four or five years ago as you do and um life kind of happened and hard drives got lost and found and uh but i found i found the hard drive and i it's kind of a forgotten album and so i i uh i had a friend named ryan phillips who put out a great album this year called uh I guess his project's called Night Tapes. Oh, it's his, so good. Yeah. Yeah. He put he put out that record. It's called Losing Losing My Touch, I think. And um he just reminded me that putting out music is a really good idea and music is a really great thing. And I kind of not that I forgot that, but I uh got really inspired and so I just kind of dug it up and within a weekend I think I had it locked and loaded and ready to release oh, that's very so it was cool. like a it was like a it was like a 99 percent done album that i just had to kind of finish up and so yuki matthews who's a good friend of mutual friend probably yeah some of us great guy helped finish it off and mix it and um and uh yeah so i'm super pleased with it i don't know it's it's fun to like i i just went through a little period where i i was doing a lot of other things like being a new dad and all these other things. And I kind of forgot about the, like uh, the, the joy and um, the fulfillment that comes from making and releasing music. So sort of semi existential, but, uh, but it, it kind of is like a good reminder album. When I, when I kind of look at it, I'm just real proud of it. And I, I, it, it, means a lot for some reason yeah it's great and it sounds great too I, that was the thing i noticed right away when i put it on jared sent me a link this week Thanks. and i listened to it and like the the opening track i forget what it's called i've got it here uh Old. regards yeah yeah uh, the snare drum that kind of starts that it sounds great <laughs> i just like immediately i was like oh this is a cool sound yeah that's frank lens on drums oh, he's drummed for lots of cool people including who including well starflyer 59 for yeah. one richard starflyer 59 dave Bazan, people like that yeah. and uh we recorded all the drums at his old house in huntington beach where you could kind of see the palm trees and the ocean from his window wow and uh so yeah he's like got a real thing happening with the drums and so whenever i i'm lucky that he played on on this whole whole record and whenever i hear the drums i get taken back to his little spot there by the beach oh yeah. that's very cool yeah so franklin's uh rosie thomas is on the record a bit right she yeah she just sings on one song she sings on a song called just believe and um 
kind of same thing. We I, I dropped by her house in New York City four or five years ago. It's all blending together at this point. And I was sort of making in the process of writing that song. And, and she came in and just sang harmony along with me for that track. And then um, I think those are all the people on the record. It's myself kind of doing a higher pitched harmony <laughs> vocal trick on the rest of the on the rest of the tracks and then um playing all the keyboards and guitar and all that other stuff so you recorded this on you have your own home studio is that where this is yeah it was kind of put Carolina. together like yeah it was it was my home studio it was up at yuki's house in seattle it was at frank's place in huntington beach um and so I guess those were the three main locations, a modern hybrid record, right? It was a yeah. record made on the go. And, um, but I, I guess that's the other thing. It's fun to listen back and kind of, I can hear, hear myself moving around the country a little bit. And then I guess what I can appreciate it, the world we live in now, like there's no real bass on the record. It's all fake bass, which, um, I kind of like that now about, about the world we live in where you can kind of use the real thing or a replication. And if you can maybe do it right, it, it just doesn't matter anymore, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Like you can get something good, and I, I've always liked messing with sound, putting sounds together that maybe can not compete, but like they they can kind of share a strange space where you take kitschy new agey sounds possibly and put them together with really, you know, traditional guitar sounds, and you can kind of make have them converse in an interesting way. You know? Yeah, that's something I noticed about. Uh, my daughter and I were listening to it this morning, actually, and uh, she was kind of bopping around the living room, and I was just noticing like how groovy it is, while also being like kind of breathy, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that way that you're talking about, where it's like, oh, that's like a contrast, but it works really well. They 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 don't feel at odds. It feels uh, the whole record just felt like a cool pairing of that kind of thing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's like a goal. I guess my my life goal in a weird way with making art is to do stuff that's like simultaneously breezy and sort of intellectually stimulating, you know, so you can like it can just be on and you're not you don't have to work hard. But if you want to work hard, you can. Yeah, that, that's yeah. I think that maybe that's a better way of saying like so I was listening to the snare sound and my daughter, who's, you know, 19 months old, is just like dancing around yeah. it's like oh yeah, this yeah. is working for both of us this is really cool there we go it's music <laughs> for children and parents yeah. yeah yeah so josh this is your how many albums have you put out by now you've got is this your third I full think, length is that right i think it's my fourth full length if you include this record called smart dumb which was sort of a college oh, experiment sure. um which i would say is maybe an doesn't sound like the other three but yeah so you know three sort of straight up pop music type records and there's a fourth in there that that's a little bit off center with a lot of wind instruments you just and then we've got sorry yeah go ahead no i was gonna derail you You go ahead and then i'll come back um yeah so there's those four and then um an ep on on flannel graph records called weekend forecast which is a fun fun project that deals with kind of sounds like 80s broadcast music or something like that you might hear on the weather channel yeah and then uh i have another band called junior high which um also flannel graph put out some instrumentals of our second record we we have two records too so yeah and just for for fcc regulations i'm not allowed to promote things on the air you're allowed to mention that fine 
but oh, yeah. I'm not allowed to <laughs> use don't this, do it. Use this <laughs> platform to tell people to go to these uh, don't, albums. Don't. Hey, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just realized you had um, an EP that I hadn't heard until a few months ago called Mellow Out. Yes, those are B-sides from a record I put out in 2011. So the, the full length is called Watch TV, and yeah. the, the EP is called Mellow Out, which are four extra songs from that those sessions, which we did with Richard Swift and uh, other people, James McAllister, Casey Fobert, Yuki Matthews. And um, yeah, so and uh, there's a little scattering of EPs. There's like a couple of European EPs floating around there from the time when I was putting out records and touring over there for a while. And um, so there's like a nice little scattering of in and out of print things yeah. in how, the world. Can you talk about how you got ho- hooked up with, is it, ta- how do you pronounce it? Ta- I think it's called, ta- ta- I think it's called Tapeta, <laughs> which tapeta. is German okay, for wallpaper. Yeah. Okay. Kind of hard to say. Um, so yeah, how'd that, how'd that, uh... I, I uh, had a kind of a record label here in the U S and then, um, got asked to play a festival in Germany of all places when I was kind of in the process of trying to release my first record. And um, yeah, came across that label and just sort of made that connection and they put out the subsequent releases and I was able to tour over there pretty consistently for four or five years or something like that, Um, which is really fun. Like I, I look back fondly at that time and are those just solo uh, tours? Or did you have a band over there? Yeah, a little bit of both. I would play some solo tours and then I actually had some friends in, in that country that would tour with me sometimes. So it was kind of a mix and we would mainly play like Germany, Austria, Switzerland, France a little bit. Um, and yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I had a blast. Awesome. I, I feel like an old man now, though. It's like I have a little kid at home. and like, yeah, I'm so sleep deprived now. It reminds me of being on tour, which is kind of funny, <laughs> yeah. except I'm on tour with like a little a little guy in my house on every day. We're on tour, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so constantly you're... burning the candle on both ends. Literally. Yeah, yeah. we totally. have a candle. We light it every morning and it's got two wicks. And we just watch it burn. <laughs> I think the only things I have from that label are your stuff and they put out the cluster box set, right? They have a sister label that is super awesome called Bureau B. Okay. And um, there's some, yeah, there's some artists on their Tapita label that I don't resonate with so much, but the Bureau B thing is like this awesome project of reissuing old stuff. Like I think they did the cluster, you know, reissue maybe. And then they do new stuff by all these really influential German electronic bands. Um, and I found so many great, like I've gotten turned on to, um, I need to do a shout out for one record. There's one record that everyone should listen to by this group called Pyrolator. And Pyrolator is this one man project where he like created this MIDI controller that looked like a guitar with, it was like a modular synth guitar. He'd like pick up a modular synth, but it looked like an electric guitar. He made a record called Wunderland, Wonderland in German, I think, I hope. And, uh, he sampled all these animal voices and like built animal voices out of synthesizers. And then he went to the New York city public library and like transcribed Fox trot and polka beats from this old book. And so it kind of sounds like kids music, but it's like 
really kind of twisted in its own way and it's it's instrumental and there's like little like monkeys kind of <laughs> singing <laughs> like, anyway this record is one of my faves and i'm just being reminded of it so right. that's a good we'll good record yeah, yeah thanks yeah uh so josh the thing i was gonna interrupt you with earlier oh actually uh, jared oh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> jared likes to get my goat yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the new record. Uh, you you used the word pop to describe it. Um, and I no- this morning, as we were listening on Bandcamp, I noticed the tags that you have on your Bandcamp page. Uh, oh, my God, what are they? Are pop, <laughs> extreme, fascinating, no. groupthink, and California. And I really liked that collection of tags to uh, yeah. point to this music. And I wonder uh, why you chose each of those things. Oh man. Well, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pop, I guess pop music in general, it, uh, still makes a lot of sense to me to tag this stuff. Like I was listening to, this is a little tangent, but there's a music producer and songwriter who died a couple of weeks ago named Busby. You guys know about him? No, no. He worked. He actually worked with Rosie Thomas, but he also worked in Nashville. And I mean, he wrote songs that pink cut and like, rascal flats and so he kind of did like nashville but he also had some pop hits with pink and things and i kind of just randomly started researching him and then i made a playlist of all the songs he's written right so he wrote he wrote for famous people and and i just love pop music of all stripes even if i kind of hate it meaning like you know life is a highway by rascal flats <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like can't stand that song but I like love listening to it yeah. to, to kind of appreciate its its magic. You know what I mean? Like it's doing something that I I can't just do that. You know what I mean? I can't make life as a highway. Yeah, I feel um, the same way about Centerfold. Jay Giles band Centerfold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's there's music you, you you're fascinated by even though it's like way outside of my aesthetic uh, deal. But so pop music is is incredible. And then extreme maybe like. Uh, I would say the artwork for the album might be considered extreme by some. I used like a little app and it looks like early 90s Mac Paint or something like this. Oh, <laughs> Windows sure. mm-hmm. 94, not 95. Um, kid Picks. But yeah, Kid Picks. And I think maybe I, I know that my music's not extreme by extreme metal measures, but I think extreme can also be tied to like extreme pairings of instruments or ex, ex, like thinking about sort of extreme scenarios where you're you're pairing ideas with sounds right so it doesn't just have to be metal um fascinating i'm fascinated I, i'm just shooting from the cuff or shooting from the <laughs> yeah, hip yeah sorry right to put you on the spot from the cuff <laughs> shooting from the cuff um yeah, from that cuff. <laughs> yeah yeah i think fascinating I, this is something i think about living in this state california is a fascinating state because it's like everything all at once and it's an extreme and fascinating state where it's like on fire and there's a drought and it's gorgeous and it's like falling apart and it's everything at once kind of you know um group think feels kind of like a new agey idea to me where i just picture a bunch of people in a room in the 80s group thinking this group thinking some music together <laughs> and it probably sounds like jingles or something like that <laughs> like a board like committee board music yeah committee music yeah, yeah let's okay let's let's go to the chorus here do we agree um <laughs> yeah so i kind of like these i, I think I, I will say two california scenarios actually a 
the name of a sculpture park in Costa Mesa, California. So those of you with Google, if any of you have access to the internet, you should look this sculpture park up. Um, I went to grad school in that area and I would go to this sculpture park created by Asamo Noguchi and it was in, it's, it's basically supposed to represent the state. So there's some redwood trees and some water features and um, desert features, but it's like all in the shadow of this mirrored bank building. So you can kind of see the sculpture park and the reflection of the building. And it's surrounded by like the world's biggest mall or something called South Coast Plaza. And um, it was just a complicated, awesome place to visit. Like I would get a cup of coffee and kind of just like sit there and take it all. And you can hear the freeway. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It was like a really cool juxtaposition of a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've always been jazzed by that idea of thinking about like, artificial stuff next door to natural stuff and um this record kind of i don't know exudes that type of thing for me do you find um thinking so i'm kind of running down that that hallway there um Mm -hmm. thinking about everything at once like that everything all at once Do do you find it difficult to make decisions when you're making a record like this because of that or does the contrast lead you to making choices or, or what guides you in terms of asking the committee, is this the right thing? Or yeah. Is this the right thing? Well, I think an easy way to think about making decisions now, because we know, I guess, musicians, not only musicians, but a lot of people know it's like hard to make a decision right now with so much access to so many things. Yeah. So whether you're trying to figure out what to watch on your favorite streaming service or trying to figure out what sound to use in your music, especially if you're using a computer, that can all get complicated. I think for me, I it stays sort of simple because I get so deeply drawn to certain sounds quickly, and a lot of I, I you know I'm not drawn to a lot of other sounds. So if I hear a new AG keyboard sound, like that's the sound I want to use, and then the problem solving becomes trying to figure out how to incorporate that sound into a song that is built with other parts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I don't do a bunch of menu deep deep menu diving kind of activities and and not you know find myself like stuck or whatever like the like having these problems of trying to make a choice the paradox of choice or yeah. something. Um, I think I'm I'm very naturally inclined to just grab these these sounds that maybe some of my buddies or some of my more tasteful colleagues would be like oh don't do that that's a cheesy <laughs> sound or something yeah. <laughs> you'd be like no that's exactly what i'm gonna do you know and then we'll figure out how to make it kind of serve up that cheesy sound on a on a dish that is more palatable or something that kind of makes me think something i kind of noticed maybe this wasn't purposeful or uh at all but in i think it's true for somebody else there's like a couple little guitar parts that Remind me of uh, Earl Clue. Is that you say his name, Earl Clue? Yeah, Earl we Clue. talked about Earl Clue, yeah. like the nylon string type, type right, of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's like that song is doesn't yeah. sound like any of his songs, but like those some of those little guitar melodies are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. reminds me of that. But it's that in nylon, this, in this totally yeah, that, different kind of song. Yeah, yeah that nylon string kind of yeah. sweet jazz eighties thing. He has a great record called Soda Fountain Shuffle that's all like in the in the depths of drum machine kind of synth world um you're not gonna and- believe this i mean you probably believe it but i listened to that album for the first time yesterday oh, wow. oh really yeah it's got some good yeah. songs 
I love it. Yeah, yeah. There's some yeah, there's something about what sounds can do to kind of transport us to a certain era or a certain like picture, you know, and, and maybe ads and TV shows have a lot to do with this, but like yeah, Earl Clue's music is so pleasant. My my wife is um you know, I've I've like tortured her with smooth jazz and new age music <laughs> since we met. And not on purpose, it's just what happens, you know? And uh, she now will say, she's like, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I woke up the other morning and like, all I wanted to hear was Earl Clue. <laughs> and I said, my job is, my job is done. Yeah. As your life partner, <laughs> yeah. my, I officially... My wife yeah. is not there yet. <laughs> yeah. How long, how long have you guys been married? Yeah, yeah, we've been married for um, six years, Okay, which is not... You know, I wouldn't put a time limit on any of this stuff. Well, um, it's been 10 years and she still hates it. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 just here's what you have to do is stop playing it. Uh-huh. And then sure enough, a month down the road, mm-hmm. she'll be like, yeah. where is that Earl Clue? Where is that little guy? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, can I ask you um, if you've ever thought about this? Wh- why do you think you are drawn to what you described recently as cheesy sounds? Uh, or what is it about that stuff? Does it feel rebellious to you? Does it is it just something that gets its hooks in you for some reason? Why do you think that's the stuff that draws you in? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I I, I say it goes way back to childhood. Like many, you know, many people maybe from my generation. I guess I grew up in the early and mid '80s. Like you're exposed to those sounds um, unwillingly, so they were just all over the media. And then I ended up with with like a little keyboard you know with drum built-in drum patterns and all that when i was younger and so that is embedded in my consciousness and i don't do it yeah i I think these sounds are also kind of here now in pop culture like there's big famous pop artists using some of these 80s sounds which is which is awesome and they can be kind of ironic for some people or like a wink with like a wink and a smile but i guess for me um i just yeah, I don't have like this the sensor. Like I wish I did. Like there's there's artists I know, friends I know, and then artists like I don't know, Daniel Lenoir or someone who's just like the most tasteful producer in the world, and like every sound is so tasteful. And the word tasteful is like so deeply tied to certain kinds of music and art. And like I relish these sounds that for some reason a vast part of like critical consciousness says those are not tasteful <laughs> right <laughs> it, but i don't really like get that necessarily i mean they're both sounds it's like a democracy right like like acoustic guitar is tasteful and it, it, they're, they're all sounds to me and so there's something just like I, they make me smile and then i'm kind of like well what's like what's better than smiling when you hear a sound you know, versus like a brooding look. Like if I hear like a beautiful <laughs> guitar, I'm like brooding. Like I like to hear a sound that can like, if I play one note, I'll smile, you know? And it's like, that's like sign of something good. You, know? you mentioned uh, with your job that you sort of have bought into the mission of uh, yeah, yeah, community yeah. college. Do you feel yeah. like, uh, uh, sorry if I'm putting words in your mouth, but you, you, I'm, I'm inviting you to bat them away if it's the case. Yeah. Um, but, uh, do you feel a mission at all now to recontextualize that stuff and sort of say, no, it's not bad. It, it is, it is good to use this, these sounds and this stuff. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think I'm unique in any way. There's so much music out there that probably 
like champions the same kind of stuff even more extremely than than I do. But but absolutely. I mean, I guess I guess at the end of the day, my hope would be like I, I want to make music I want to make, and I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm making music because I'm answering to some like cop, you know, aesthetic yeah. cop mm -hmm. that's like well, this is cool or something like that's just not my deal like i i want to make exactly what i want to make and that happens to be grabbing these particular timbres or tones and like putting them into conversation and like that's just so enriching right and so i feel like there's bands that are smart about this or that are self-aware probably like steely dan's a really good example of of like making music that was sort of like a rose where it was like pretty but thorny right so yeah. it was kind of like like and people feel so extreme about that band that's an extreme band by the way talk about like extreme music like i think that's a very extreme band but so is earl clue earl clue is like extreme music you know yeah, <laughs> like, polarizing. i mean i feel the same way about yeah. the new age stuff we were yeah. talking about earlier it's really polarizing yeah. stuff. yeah yeah, some people freak out. They hate it so much. And it's like, well, that means it's kind of doing its job. It's like making you take a stance. Like, it's not ignorable. Like, you know, contrary to what people say about smooth jazz or whatever, like, it's actually hyper noticeable because rock critics hate it or whatever. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I'm just like always entranced with that idea of doing something that almost feels illegal you know <laughs> by the rules of music or something like the music police are like ah, 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 you know and you're like actually we're good we're totally good you know um so there's something yeah it is it is the more i think about it it's like my own sort of maybe punk ethos like i've yeah. never resonated i like punk music but i've never i wasn't i'm not that person but punk to me is is maybe taking this tack you know hey how about this how about we play another song from your record and yeah. then and then do you have a couple minutes after that to uh wrap things up with up wrap things up with us and we'll tell people how to find the record and all that let's do it does that sound great all right well here yep. is from california scenario josh autumn digital photo Yeah. 
Josh, can you hear me? <laughs> We're back. Yeah. Jared was not using his microphone. It was lying on the floor, and he was starting to talk to I just to sat here, so I said, We're back, and I realized the microphone was on the floor. Professionalism. That's, That's right, right baby. Best yeah. in the biz over here. Yeah. All right, we're back for Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike, hour number two of episode number 48, which means it's hour number 97? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Wow. That was impressive. Wow. Jared is, gonna... uh, Jared's a bit of a human calculator, actually. I'm Give me something. Ch- Give me something. Test yeah. me. Come on. Anything. I'm going to check <laughs> your math. <laughs> Uh, Josh, before we let you go, can I ask you one more sort of philosophical question about your music? Yeah. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> uh, not again. Go for it. <laughs> so you were talking about uh, in the past having been connected to various record labels and doing lots of touring and having bands together and just being in and out of the whole the whole deal, the whole ordeal. Yeah. Uh, this new one, you've self-released it on the internet. Uh, how does that feel philosophically to you and you know we talked about how it's modern music well that's a very modern way to release music uh yeah what's your take on it yeah i would say i mean quite honestly there was a moment where i probably lost steam working on this record because i i was kind of hunting around for label support and i think part of it was like that i have not been a truly active artist as a touring kind of person you know what i mean i'm I'm kind of like fits and starts and um so i think at first i i got a little bit dark with it i'm like why should i even release music you know what i mean like i started asking myself those kind of questions and 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 then i and then i just other things happened and i literally forgot about the album for a year or two and so now putting it out i kind of feel free and easy about it like i i mean i really haven't done any kind of promotion i feel like i'm i'm also you know not i talk to my students i'm like this is probably the here's here's how we want to release music in the modern age (laughs) and then i'll say now i just put out a record and it hasn't i did it completely incorrect okay (laughs) (laughs) like my promote you know my my sort of um approach to promotion is to not really do it um yeah but uh I I think to answer your question on the flip side of all this, I feel kind of free and easy and liberated that I, I, my sort of reason for releasing music is really simple that it's, it's just a really great thing to do. It's a great thing to make music and it's great to share it. And I guess I'm increasingly aware too of like how little likes and, and things matter on social media, maybe. Um, And so I don't want to like derive my worth as an artist from how much, how, how, how my art's received on a mass level. And so I guess I feel like it's like a zero stakes game in a weird way now where I just like love making art and I want to put it out. And it's like, that's the end of the conversation, you know? And like, if, if, you know, if there's other ways to do that in the future, that makes sense. Great. But, um, a light bulb went off, like I said, when my friend released his record. Um, I, it just kind of hit me, like this rush of adrenaline. I was like, I just want to put out music, and whoever hears it, hears it. And 
it was really easy to do. Like I made the art and I I distributed it on CD Baby or something like that, and um, it feels very easy and exciting. You know, like it's it's a nice feeling to have something feel real simple and and quick. So that's the plan going forward. Is keep stuff simple have you been you said this has been lost for or not lost but just kind of forgotten about for a few years have you had you been working on other new music in the last few years and if yeah not, has this made you kind of more act proactive with that yeah i i kind of was working on music here and there i guess we made a junior high record that's my other band in yeah. that during that time and I also did make a record with Frank Lenz. I always forget about this. I see this is a perfect example. I forgot we made another record. I just forget everything now. Um, <laughs> Frank Lenz is this really talented drummer. Eli Thompson's on this record. He plays with Father John Misty, um, and we started a band called Sage Hens, and we made a record. I used to take the bus down the 101 on the Pacific Ocean, get off the bus with my synthesizer, go to his house, and we would write a song on the spot. And we made a record um, of 10 songs and that's done and it's sitting on a hard drive and we'll probably put that out next year. So I've actually been busier than I thought. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like ever, ever going, I guess, I guess to say like to wrap that up, like that thought up is that as time's gone on, what I've found is it's more interesting to collaborate with people. Like I used to be a one man show yeah. in terms of just making stuff top to bottom alone you know, up till 4 a.m. kind of thing. And nowadays the prospect of doing that just doesn't make sense. And I love the idea of like, oh, but if I could be in the room with somebody and we would make stuff on the spot, we could feed off of each other. And so maybe going forward, I hope to be like more collaborative with people because it's just more fun, you know? <laughs> totally. Is it? Did yeah. you start out playing in bands with people or were you on your own from the beginning? Like when you got into yeah, music? Yeah, I was in a band in high school that kind of went into college and we sort of sounded like Tortoise or one of those bands, but maybe we were more jazz based. We were all like jazz players. So it was like jammy, jam band, tortoise kind of stuff. And then I caught a songwriter bug in college and then people started dropping off the map. I don't know, it's because they heard their songs and they're like, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't know why they dropped off the map, but so I started to just take it all into my own hands. You know, you can just make everything on, on your computer and do all that. And it's like, that was liberating. And now it's come back to this idea of like, it's liberating, but it's also isolating. Yeah. So um, that feels like a pretty are, classic arc to me that I find really interesting and also yeah, relate to yeah, where yeah. it's like, you start doing it because it's fun, and then you try to take control of it, and then eventually yeah. you're like, oh, I'm all alone. I need to have fun again. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you get super, yeah, perfectionistic or whatever, and you're like, I can do it all. And then you're like, you're like alone in your castle, like, I can do it all. Yeah. And then you're like, but nobody loves me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear about Inya in her, in her castle? No? Yeah, there there you go. She's probably I mean, she must have I guess she has a lot of cats. Huh. Maybe that's how <laughs> Mike just Mike just picked up a uh Inya, uh tape from the that's right the next desk. to me. It's right there. <laughs> no, there was something was, about there was an intruder and she hit the panic button and hid in her panic room, but her like servants she could see her servants getting attacked by the intruder. But oh my she gosh. was like in this uh room the whole time, uh fully safe. It, 
I'll have to look up some more details about that. I think Owen was telling us about that. And was her music playing the whole time? It had to be playing. You know it was. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Angel voices while these people are getting, like, bludgeoned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Or Enya. Or Enya. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you for being a part of our um, uh, autumn-themed uh, show. It's the first week of autumn here in Indiana. Oh, um, yeah. That's the, the, the other spelling of I the word. I knew there was a connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it finally finally cooled off over here. It was uh, nice and it's in the 70s now. Was it a little thick nice. a couple weeks ago? It was like yeah. 90. Yeah. 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 What, yeah. What, what, you, what you doing out without... <laughs> oh, my gosh. What are you doing with out there in Bakersfield? Is it uh, pretty hot? Um, well, it's a little. It's cooling out out here. I don't actually live here in town, um, but I'm I'm living outside of town. But either way, California is on its way toward a cooler climate. Yeah, Bakersfield itself gets incredibly warm in the summer, um, like at fry an egg kind of warm, mm-hmm. fry an egg on the street kind of deal. Um, but it's starting to cool out. Yeah, I'm in a. You know, I'm wearing short sleeves though, and I'm, I'm hanging. Got my flip flops on. Just kidding. No. no. <laughs> well, Josh, thanks a lot for talking to us, man. I, I'm thanks for letting me pick your brain a lot about your music and ask you intrusive questions. You were an intruder. We'll 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 uh, we'll work <laughs> gotta, that out later. You got to hit the panic button next. Yeah. Time. <laughs> I'm gonna hit the panic button right after this interview. No, thanks Every, so much for having me. Yeah, I, the new I, album I, is I great. Everyone should check it out. It's on all the digital places. Uh, on Bandcamp, your Bandcamp URL is it's not just Josh Autumn. It's Josh Autumn One. Is that correct? Yeah, it's super memorable. Josh Autumn One. I'm looking so, at it right now. Yeah, Josh Autumn, O T T U M. One, yeah, bandcamp.com. Um, yeah, uh, California Scenario is great, one of my favorite records of the year. Pick Thank it up you so much for having digitally. me. <laughs> Listen to it, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, uh, yeah, call in again sometime. Um, we'd like to have you call in again sometime if you're up for it and just uh, catch up. Sounds good. Thanks, Jared and Mike. All right, Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Talk to you later. All right, bye bye. How nice. What a nice guy. That was a nice conversation. That was great. And that record really is good. It's a good one. I hope people listen to it. Should we play one more song from it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do that. How about we play... Yeah, surprise me. The second track on the album. It is called Simple Simple As Simple Does. Here on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike.
Welcome back. We are back. That was Power Trip with Hornet's Nest. One of the best bands going these days, if you ask me. Pretty good. I'm into them. Let's get them on the show. Yeah, that sounds great. some of them. Let's talk to them. See what what, what they're like on the radio. Yeah, that sounds great. Talking to us. What Let's we have before our that, <laughs> Cass McCombs with City of Brotherly Love. Before that, we heard Chromatics with Sound of Silence. Before that, Full Sun, Local Legends with Hard to Stick. And to start off that nonstop rock block, we heard Josh Autumn, who we had just talked to on the phone here on the show, with Simple as Simple Does from his new album, California Scenario, available now wherever digital music is available. Isn't it a wild world that we live in? A wild ABC's you just, wild you wanna, world of music. You make a you make a piece of art, you make a piece of music in particular. You click one button and then it's available everywhere. And no one wants anything to do with it, but it's everywhere. Yeah. It's weird. You can get it. You just It used to be that a few people wanted it and no one could get it. Yeah. Not anymore. Now everyone can get it and nobody wants it. Uh, a dumb thought I had yesterday, as I was looking through my records, was yes. like, it'd be nice to have a physical thing to look through for all of my uh, albums I want to listen to digitally. I think that frequently. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, like, for example, there's I was listening to an album, and it's like, I would never think of think to listen to this record on my own if... If you didn't bump into it. I... Yeah, exactly. Or if I didn't have it on my shelf to, as I'm yeah. thumbing through it. Um, I mean, I guess you can scroll through names on your phone or whatever. But even but then, even then, then uh, I was doing that. I, I recently put all my music onto a cloud, ser- my own personal music collection onto a cloud service. Uh, okay. So I can access it anywhere, anytime. Sure. And uh, it just rifling through folders... You get the name of the artist or whatever, but it's like all the folders are just these blue, generic, awful folders. Yeah. And uh, it's not the same as thumbing through records. No way. The art matters, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that for uh, how hard it is to find a movie on Netflix.com. Big time. As opposed to looking through One your One of the worst tortures there is. One of the worst <laughs> modern tortures. Trying to find something to watch on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, HBO, PBS, YouTube. I mean, I guess you got Buff Carell. You can always just go to Buff Carell. What's that? Oh, you don't know Buff Carell? No. I'll show you after the show. Oh, boy. He says, that's what's up, that's what's up, that's what's up, that's what's up, that's what's up. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah, you'll love it. I'll check it out. Ace has been real into that lately. When Jess picked him up from school yesterday, he was saying, that's what's up, that's what's up, that's what's up, that's what's up. <laughs> you just Instagramming over there? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm seeing if we have any comments on our Instagram feed. Should oh. I do a live video too? No. Oh, uh, yeah, let's do that. I don't want people to see what I look like while we do this. So you're not giving me permission to live Instagram? I do not. I rescind any previous permissions. Is it okay if I do it though? Yeah. Let me sit up. I don't want to look like a complete right. slob. So, full disclosure, you're listening to this from, oh, it's about 2.30 a.m. Yeah. on WFHB, but it's also a podcast, so you might be listening to this at any time. Uh, 
but if you're listening to this on the radio, it is not actually live. So don't go to Instagram to view this live video right now if you're driving, working in the factory, listening to the radio, because this episode has been pre-recorded. Just like pretty much all of our episodes in the past. Yeah. All right. So we're back on our autumn-themed rest. <laughs> we're back for our autumn-themed... No, an autumn-themed restaurant, which I almost accidentally said, is not a bad idea. I'd be into that. Like a year-long autumn-themed restaurant. Kind of oh, like Holiday God. World has those uh, has Thanksgiving land all year round. Yeah. Oh, you go into the restaurant and they've got... I don't know if you ever went to the Glenbrook Mall when they had that tree in there that it was like an apple tree that they would change for oh, the seasons. that sounds familiar. Is it was Glenbrook amazing. Fort Wayne? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was great. But imagine going into a restaurant that has like orange and red, yellow leaves year-round inside the place and it smells like a fire in there and there's pumpkin stuff yeah pumpkin spice like gravy or cinnamon whatever cinnamon brooms <laughs> cinnamon brooms everywhere they were talking about cinnamon brooms on a beautiful day in the gulch this week nice that's why i mentioned it <laughs> shout out to our fellow podcasters yeah that's good <laughs> um so yeah autumn themed restaurant let's let's do it i'm for what would the name of it be um Let's think about this. Yeah. <laughs> Should we think about it out loud? <laughs> you can't hear my gears <laughs> turning. <laughs> I have a good one. I can on the I tip can of tell your brain. It's right there in the tip yeah. of the brain. Fall autumn themed restaurant. Go ahead and give us a call if you're out there. And you have, and you're thinking of it, and Jared's not. Give us a call. The number is unlisted. Fallmart, but that's more of a department <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah, I don't associate Mart with restaurants. Like, a, like the Quickie Mart has. Uh, yeah. that's, that's not. Yeah, that's a convenience store. Yeah. We want to make sure this is not convenient. There's a lot of. You have to really work to get into this place. Can you have a real fire? Can we have a real fire going, or is oh, it yeah. all just digital fires? Oh, yeah. Real file. Real file. <laughs> Real file. Real file. So last week my voice was gone. And now it's <laughs> back and I don't know which is worse. It's back and it doesn't work. <laughs> I need to sit up. That's the thing. That's better. I'm getting too comfortable here in the studio. You keep the studio nice. The temperature's perfect. Oh, thanks. You know what time it is though? Uh yeah, it's about half past. It's time to end our live video because no one watched or cared. <laughs> well, it's three in the morning. Delete video, so that's not even archived. Yeah, Great. good. That's good. good. It's time for our segment where I read an archived newspaper article about the shuttered 1980s Muncie restaurant, One Accord Family Restaurant. So real quick, before you do that, I just want to make sure people know we are not sponsored by this closed restaurant. That and Jared texted me out of the blue this week uh, <laughs> with photographs <laughs> from newspapers.com. It's a great website. Uh, I don't know anything about that website. It's my favorite website. I believe it now. And it was just these old microfiche photos that Jared is taking photos with. I was... <laughs> <laughs> so that I wanted to send to you in a text message message right away. So instead of digitally clipping and saving it as a JPEG, 
and so on. Yeah. I took a picture of my computer screen. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so that's why you saw that. <laughs> it's just a very fun uh, message to receive from you where you're like, check this out. <laughs> urgent. Urgent. Check out. Urgent. Check out this check out this digital photograph <laughs> of a computer screen of an image of a of microfiche. A scan of a, yeah. <laughs> It was on paper at one point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Today's article about the One Accord Family Restaurant What's the name of this Indiana. What? What's the name of this segment? That's still up to debate. If you want to let us know what you think a good name for this segment is or a name for our new autumn-themed restaurant that I accidentally started by slipping up my words, <laughs> let us know. Another thing you should know is that Jared has... <laughs> what? The uh, the stuff he's about to read to me <laughs> is um, printed out on eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper. That's right. What else? What else? So there's a stack of probably ten of them. They're folded into yeah, quarters. There's ten episodes. <laughs> there's ten. There's ten uh, segments we got to do each week for the next twenty weeks. Were those in your pocket? No. Oh, they were in my um, <laughs> pouch. <laughs> Are you a marsupial? <laughs> I don't want to. Get into politics here. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> this article comes from the Muncie Evening Press. What year? April 8th, 1978. Okay. That predates me, frankly. Starts off with a giant picture of a tree inside of a restaurant. So, it's already uh, copying our idea of having a tree inside yes. of a restaurant. Great. See that? So weird. The caption reads. We need to rethink this. In the courtyard, a tree set in the middle of the main dining room at One Accord Restaurant helps give the new eating place the flavor of an old Spanish mission. New eating place? Yes. On the balcony, upper right, a projector system will give the diners the impression that they are looking over the courtyard wall at one of a variety of possible scenes. Headline. New restaurant offers food for spiritual thought, too. By Brian Walker. For those of us who can't travel south of the border, the new One Accord restaurant, which opened last week, may be about as close to a Spanish mission as we ever get. Although the outside purposefully exhibits no theme, the interior is intended to reproduce inaccuracy as to reproduce as accurately as possible the appearance and flavor of an old south-of-the-border mission right up to the religious influence. We want to build the place to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, explains owner-operator John Towers. We plan to have a Christian influence here through the type of employee we hire, etc. Many of the employees, like Towers, are born-again Christians. Some of them saved, and these are in quotes, uh, by Towers himself. Wait, what? He Many, did it? <laughs> yes. It's what it I says. thought that was an exclusive domain of Jesus Christ, that's our Lord and too. risen Savior. <laughs> I got to find this guy. Towerist stressed, however, that the restaurant at 809 West McGalliard will not be for Christians only. <laughs> and that all people are welcome. So you're allowed to spend your money there, even if you're not a born-again Christian. Thank God. Literally, or whomever. Literally, yeah. Thank whomever. We don't want to get people in here and jam Christianity down their throats, he says. We want it to reflect holiness. 
We don't plan to buttonhole people, but if we get the opportunity, if the door opens, we just briefly will say what the Lord means to us. Wow. The name of the restaurant itself tends to open the door. One accord is taken from the Bible, Acts 2-1, referring to the day of the Pentecost when they, the believers, were all with one accord in one place. The name was selected according to a brief history of the restaurant on the back of the menu with the philosophy that people might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be in one accord and in fellowship with one another. We feel the Lord directed us to use that name, says Taurus. Who coincidentally drives a Honda Accord? <laughs> it says that? Yes! <laughs> it's in the article. Isn't that nice? <laughs> we want to keep the Lord the center of the business, says Taurus. We may pray for the people who come in here for the Lord to bless them, but it's not something people will know. <laughs> Secret prayers yeah. in the back going on. Most important, we want them to sense a feeling of friendliness to reflect the oneness of spirit and fellowship and unity that people who know Jesus Christ can sense in one another. Although the religious theme is rather subtle in the restaurant's unique decor, it is there. In a heavy wooden cross, or perhaps the sign of the fish, the ancient secret symbol used by Christians to identify one another. That's supposed to be a secret? Eh, it was in ancient times, I guess. Oh, okay. The main dining room is the restaurant's most unique room. There, customers sit in a very authentic replica of a mission courtyard with crumbling walls, <laughs> vines. <laughs> this is a new place. Underfunded, just like a mission. <laughs> vines, a balcony, tile, roofs, and even a tree, along with the customary sombreros and serapes. Is that how you pronounce that word? I'm not looking at okay. it. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're correct. Over the courtyard wall and above the mission roof, mountains and desert and stars can be seen. These effects are created by seven projectors installed on the false balcony. We're talking seven projectors in a restaurant in 1978. H how long was this place open? Um, about, I'm going to say 10 to, f 10 to 12 years. Wow, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. For what sure. was the what was the uh, menu? Oh, we're gonna get to that. Oh, we're almost okay. done with this article. Okay, thank God. Other <laughs> other articles will go into the menu even further. Other uh, articles? Yeah, this is a new segment on the show. It's gonna happen every <laughs> single episode, <laughs> at least no. for the next ten episodes. Great. Oh, I, I misunderstood. You have ten articles about this restaurant. Yes, we're gonna read a different one each, each episode. episode. Okay, until the end of time. Got it. I, it's a series. Now I understand. Yeah, it's a new segment on the show. I was I was misinterpreting uh, what was going on here. All right, <laughs> are you done? Because we got a lot to get through yeah, in this yeah, article. Let's cover it. Let's cover it all. <laughs> Just kidding. There's not much more. Whew. Where was I? The guy drives a Honda these effects, <laughs> these effects are created by seven projectors installed on the false balcony. Now, are there any restaurants you know of that use projectors to, to shine stars on the wall these days? There's got to be. The Rainforest Cafe. There's that, uh, there's that casino in Las Vegas that has the sky painted on the ceiling. Okay. Okay. Let's let that sink in. <laughs> 
These effects are created by seven, <laughs> seven projectors installed on the false balcony. Tower says, when the projector system is finished, there will be several different backgrounds which can be used and a planetarium type machine mounted in the top of the tree will cover the entire ceiling with the stars of the northern hemisphere. The scenery slides and star projector are the work of Dr. Newton Sprague. No relation to Howard. <laughs> Professor of physics and astronomy and director of the planetarium and observatory at Ball State University. That's who they got to do the wow, stars. Wow, the top. This weird restaurant. Top dog. Yeah. It was a great place. I've been there multiple times when I was a youth. And how was it? Like no other dining experience you'll ever have. It sounds it was delightful. fascinating. My favorite part as a kid was they had these little cloth flags at each table. Mm -hmm. And you take your little bitty greasy hands and you raise the flag <laughs> when you need some assistance. And like, most of the time... Like if you're choking? Yes, that would do it. Most of the time, is it would be to request more of the complimentary freshly baked sopapillas with honey. Anyway. Muncie architect William Cox was responsible for the exterior design, and Joe Owen of Farmland did the interior. What did the exterior look like? You mentioned that it was... Uh, Purpose, purposely left yeah. plain. It was kind of a tall, almost like trapezoidal, trapezoidal uh, building with a no windows. Oh, a big sombrero, and then like in like Pet Sounds font, I think. Um, <laughs> Cooper it didn't, Black. It didn't say. Yeah, Cooper Black. There you go. It did not have the name of the restaurant on the building. It had a little sign out front that said One Accord Family Restaurant. But on the building itself, it had... I'll pull this up for you here. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that very much. <laughs> I can tell. It had the words... Oh, I just want to get this right. Yeah, of course. Uh, it was family dining dot dot dot. No question mark on the building, but it itself said family dining, dot, dot, dot. The sombrero was on the F, actually. And here is a picture for you, Mike. We'll put this on the website. Yeah, we'll put this <laughs> on, on the Instagram. Website. Uh, oh, So my. that's all you see from the outside. It's a cool looking place. Yeah. I mean, just they wait till you this, see the inside. They built this from scratch? Pretty much, yeah. My goodness. What did this cost? Well, we have 10 segments to get to all that, Mike. We don't want to give all the information out at once. This it, just it was on the site of the owner's former uh, drive-in, which we'll get to in the, in the end okay, of this article if you it. let me finish. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I just This just feels so outside the realm of possibility nowadays. That's what I like about it, and that's why we've started this new segment on the show, Mike. Never in the million years would today someone spend all this money to fulfill their like artistic vanity project for the vanity. <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like very specific and not related to any kind of chain at all you know it's just a, a but it's large a very unique large thing where they hired local experts to get the uh 
you know, their whims of what star they wanted to make inside. Right. A star, yeah, star map and making it look like a Spanish mission, and all the different kinds of foods they had. They would have harpists there on Wednesday, on Friday nights, and you know, wow. classical guitarists and all kinds of stuff. I love it. I wish I could go. I really do love it. Yeah. Rest in peace. Muncie architect William Cox was responsible for the exterior and Joe Owen of Fairmount for the interior. Taurus said the design was copied from drawings and photographs of old missions to give it authenticity. Taurus said the outside decor is deliberately intended to give no hint of what's inside. We didn't want the exterior to reflect anything special so that we could recreate the atmosphere we want inside. We wanted it to be a total and complete surprise. Now, I am not a successful businessman by any stretch. Other than this this show (laughs) being the success that it is. Yeah. It seems to me that intentionally sabotaging the outside (laughs) of your restaurant might be a bad move. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's no longer there. We don't want to give any indication that anything cool is happening inside this building. But that just whatsoever. makes you want to go in even more. You know, back then people talked to each other to be like, "You got to check out this crazy new restaurant I just went to." Yeah, that's true. That was a different. They're doing time. this over the over, uh, through the mail, so it takes a few <laughs> days for them to get this, <laughs> you know, or telegrams. But yeah. you know. Um. So, we didn't want the exterior to reflect anything special so that we could recreate the atmosphere we want inside. We wanted it to be a total and complete surprise. He also noted that the building has no windows to make it more energy efficient. Interesting. He's green. Thinking green. I guess so. The new restaurant was... Is that why the Jehovah's Witnesses have no windows? Because they're green? Uh, I don't know. I didn't know they didn't have windows. I just thought they didn't have Christmas. Have you ever gone by their... What are, I don't know. Are they churches? What are they called? I don't know. Places of houses of worship, or whatever centers, churchatorium. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what goes on in there. Yeah, either. I don't so know. Yeah, it could be used for anything. No windows. But maybe, maybe. The new restaurant was built using the old John's, uh, John being John Towers, the owner who they're interviewing. The new restaurant was built using the old John's awful, awful drive-in building. Uh, it was called John John's Awful Awful because the food was awful good and awful big. I like awful. this guy's style. Yeah. It was it, the awfuls stood for I think it was awful good, awful big, or awful something else. Filling. Yeah. But Tasty. it was the name of it was just John's Awful Awful. No falafels served. I though, like as this far as guy's I, know. I like the way he did where does he get his money? Uh well, from the drive-in that he operated a long time successfully, I assume. Okay. But the new restaurant was built using the old John's awful, awful drive-in building and added a 40 by 40 foot main dining room. Tower said if business is good, he may expand the building even further. He also plans to build an office and a prayer room on the second floor eventually. You know, I saw a prayer room the other day. Uh... We were at the checking out the French Lick Casino and Hotel. Yeah. Just for the afternoon, you know, they'll let anybody walk in there for free and just sure. around. And there was a sign when you walk in, and it said "24-hour prayer room." It was a big night, you know, a, a sign, not a permanent sign, but like a nicely, you know, professionally produced sign, had an arrow to the 24-hour prayer room. And I was like, 
it's inter- interesting that this casino hotel, the first thing you see is that it has a 24-hour prayer Because you room. think of a casino as a den of iniquities. Right, which maybe maybe people lose all their money and they need this prayer room. And then, walk around, walking around a little more, I realize it's a temporary 24-hour prayer room because there's a Gideon's convention there. Ah, and there were all sense. these Gideons yeah. throwing Bibles. Slinging word. All right. Uh, prayer room on the second floor eventually. Taurus says there won't be any evangelism or testimonial at the restaurant unless it is something spontaneous. Entertainment such as a guitarist, pianist, or organist may be provided, but also on a more or less spontaneous basis. Taurus said he might just have someone running around in a bear costume or bring someone out of the kitchen to sing to add a little fun sometimes. He says entertainment will not be the main attraction. Basically, it's a fast food operation set up for a fast turnover, a lot of atmosphere, with a fast food turnover type of thing. The restaurant will specialize in Mexican food, but will also offer some American dishes and crepes. Also on the menu... Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The restaurant will specialize in Mexican food, but will also offer some American dishes... And crepes. Got it. Okay, makes sense. (laughs) Also on the menu is some food for thought, in case customers care for some inspirational quotations or perhaps a short prayer. If we can just, through our witness here, bring a little ray of hope into people's lives, if we get a chance to help someone with a need, then this whole idea is worth it all, says Taurus. So, if you stop in to one accord for a bite to eat, don't be surprised if someone says God bless you instead of what do you want? So anyway, that's the first article in our long series. <laughs> you know, if this if this takes the off with the long listeners, article in our long that's series. actually the longest article. The other one just shorter. <laughs> if this if this segment takes off, and let us know through your cards and letters, Instagram comments. If this segment takes off, maybe a new segment of the show would be we call the former owners and workers and visitors of oh the One gosh. Accord Family Restaurant. I think that sounds and great. And get an oral history over the phone, orally. Have you... <coughs> have you been... Well, normally you're reading these oral histories, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, have you ever been to the Yellow Deli? No, but I've heard I couldn't remember if you had been there with me. Uh, talk about it, yeah, definitely. I wonder how they compare. That's all. Yeah, no, um... That is a good point. Jared. Mike, it's nice having you back. I have some more questions about where you were you were all over the country last week a couple weeks ago a, a, par- a portion of the country yeah you ran into rock band king crimson <laughs> at a starbucks slash roy rogers and we got to hear all about it but we're out of time but first that of all is, is that true it is true we did bump into king crimson at starbucks and next when, to roy and rogers when i texted in a gas station mike texted me about it and i asked him what robert fripp had to drink because i was curious and what did you say i repeated what david woodruff had to had so brilliantly coughed out <laughs> that he had a frippuccino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was a wild scene, man. It was it was the King Crimson and their whole crew just hanging out, and we were like in line at Starbucks, and it kind of dawns on us all at the same time that like, oh, we're surrounded by King Crimson right now. Zach said that he looked up King Crimson on his phone to see like which members and stuff, and that he realized that someone behind him definitely saw him. <laughs> Looking at that, whoever that was in King Crimson or a crew member, but yeah. yeah. 
So good. I wonder if they have a group chat like you guys do. You know what I mean? Like a text I group? hope so. And so they can text all like 30 people in the crew and be like, we've been spotted. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Get out. King Crimson out. We did not bother them. We, we were yeah. polite, but that's, that's, we were giddy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say anyone in, in, in your band are super fans. No, and actually so that, was, that like, was a part of our discussion. Should we say hi? And then it was like, none of us could really even name a song or, or and it's like <laughs> now nah, we should leave them alone because we're not fans but it's yeah. pretty cool yeah it was like ELO or something if it was ELO I would not have been able to contain myself it's yeah uh, yeah it's the thing there, there, there's a, a spectrum of caring about someone that you see in person where you can just be like oh hey I like your songs that I, I'm familiar with yeah. but uh, I this, then just being this summer I took my mom to speechless. New York and we were walking by the Ed Sullivan Theater by chance, actually. We were on our way to someplace else, and we walked by the Ed Sullivan Theater, and I literally bumped into Paul Dinello, who, uh, whom I am a big fan of. He was on the phone. He came around the corner just as we were approaching the corner, and I literally bumped into him and said, oh, sorry, excuse me. And he was on the phone, and he kind of gave me a smile and a nod, and then he went about his business. <laughs> it took a lot uh, of willpower to not be like, Paul Dinello, I'm a humongous fan. I just let him go. Didn't yeah. say a word, but I did say to my mom, Mom, I'm a big fan of that guy. <laughs> he was on the phone, though. He was on the telephone. Yeah. If he had not been on the phone, would have been a different story. What if What if? maybe he was a fan of yours, too, and you guys could have had a really nice <sighs> moment what and if? impressed your mom? What if? If he was a fan of mine, I would have been like, why haven't you gotten me on the Colbert show yet? Who's Paul Zanello? <laughs> he's a... I forget. He's a comedy actor. Okay. And writer. Thank and you. I believe he's a producer on The Colbert Show. He works at that show in some gotcha, capacity gotcha. these cool. days. Well, Mike, it's nice having you back. Thanks, Jared. It's uh, Feels good to be home. If you're a podcast listener, we did not have a podcast of this last time because the show was pretty much all music and me back announcing the music with my voice <laughs> that I had lost <laughs> because of sickness voice. and maladies <laughs> affecting my throat. <laughs> So thanks to your cards and letters that I received, uh, the get well wishes in the mail, <laughs> always appreciated. They worked. I can talk uh, technically. <laughs> but only for 40 more <laughs> seconds. That's I right. mean 20 more seconds. 20 more seconds. We'll be back next time for episode number 49 in preparation for our big 50 epi- 50th episode spectacular, our golden episode. <laughs> We do right. need to come up with a good idea for Thanks that. Thanks again Which to Josh Autumn for talking to us. Listen to his new album, California Scenario, wherever you listen to music. We'll be back, and you have a wonderful evening. <laughs> <laughs>